0: Hello, and welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. For more great interviews and resources on the craft and business of writing, be sure to check out our companion website, ScriptsAndScribes.com, and be sure to check out the Writers Guild Foundation Masterclass with Courtney A. Kemp, creator and showrunner of the stars original series, Power, Tuesday, May 17th, where she will talk about the journey and process of creating and running her show. Lessons she learned and more details are available on the Writers Guild Foundation website at WGFoundation.org. But first, we have on the show today a dynamic writer and producer who has worked on such shows as Star Trek Enterprise, Terra Nova, and Nikita. Is currently the co-creator and showrunner of Sci-Fi's hit series 12 Monkeys airing Mondays 9-8 Central. Welcome to the show, Sir Terry Metalis. Thanks for coming on, Terry. It well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. First off, uh, I just want to say congratulations. I read that you signed an overall deal with Universal Cable Productions recently, and that's pretty awesome. Thank um, you. I know UCP does some great shows, including 12 Monkeys and Mr. Robot, which I also love. Um, that's great. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. I mean, both shows are really fantastic. Uh, Daring TV, which is just awesome, as opposed to you know a lot of the stuff you get on network, which isn't as always uh, challenging, so to speak. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. I. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, what does having an overall deal at UCP mean for you and your work on Twelve Monkeys and future projects going forward?
1: Well, it means that I'm 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 working exclusively for Universal right. Cable. It means that when I develop or I have new shows or new ideas, I'm 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 working with that creative team um, to to make those those projects go. Um, and it also means that, um, you know, <laughs> it means it, a lot of it means they it means they have confidence in the show to Twelve Monkeys, and mm-hmm. they're they're at least happy creatively where we took it. Right. Um, and they're they're really incredible creative partners. Um, you know, it, uh, Twelve Monkeys is a challenging show, creatively, and so, uh, right. to have that kind of support um, to to push you to to be more daring um is uh, is 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 a rare thing, and um it's been a great home for the last couple of years and uh I'm really excited to 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 take the next step with them
0: yeah, that's great um now, I guess we'll just do a little time travel of our own and jump back to the place where we normally start our interviews, and that's finding about you and your background. um Where are you from originally and and what made you want to work in the industry? Um, and how did you get your start? Although I guess that's about three questions. But, um. Well,
1: um, I'm from New Jersey, um, just uh, from, from the suburbs of New Jersey.
0: Uh, and I would, uh, you
1: know, my, my parents loved movies and television and we, we, we'd always go to the movies a lot and uh, look forward to the big, you know, Indiana Jones, back to the future, star Trek, and, you know, any of these big um, genre uh, temples and it would, the, the we. In television too, and not just genre television, anything from Cheers. But we were we were consumers of uh, movie and TV, so I was always drawn to that. And um, I went to in high school a performing arts program where I was um, where where I was doing a bit of oh I thought I was going to be an actor for a while, mm-hmm. and um, what uh, what I ended up wanting to do more of was uh, sort of create the story and put the other actors in that story. And so I started to do some writing. I started writing plays and that's kind of what got me into college. I went to Emerson college um, where I uh, studied television and, and made some uh, college TV, <laughs> which was uh, some good, not so, some not so good. Um, and uh Then I came out to. They had a. Emerson has a great Los Angeles program where you can you can spend your last semester actually working at a real production company for credit um, as uh, as an internship, and um, ended up uh, at Star Trek, Uh, and that's kind of where I got my first break. I started first. I started as a PA there. Then I moved to the writer's side because I was really interested in that, and then I um, started to write stories and pitches and became an assistant to the showrunner. Um, and then I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a writer for a while because I thought I was like, well, maybe I just want to be in development because writers seem kind of miserable. <laughs> um, and so uh, and then um, and then I, it got to a point where developing was uh, was harder, you know, to do where uh, where I you know so many ideas are execution dependent. So I just started writing. The thing I wanted to develop, mm. um, and then that got me an agent and a manager, and got me staffed. And that with I was at the time uh, was at uh, a writing partner, Travis Thickett, and um, the rest is history. We created the show together, and um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun.
0: Well, I know that, or I had read that on Star Trek, you worked on Star Trek Voyager as an assistant. And then you got some story credits on Star Trek Enterprise, which is yes. sort of interesting. How, um, how did you make the jump from writing s- from a PA to writing stories for Star Trek Enterprise and then jumping to being a staff writer on a show?
1: Well, I mean, it helps, you know, location, location, location is everything, sure. right? I, I was right there. I knew some of the writers and, um, I was an assistant in the writer's department. Mm-hmm. So, and they need stories. You I mean, yeah, I think at that time well, I was more than 22, like maybe 24 episodes a season or something. You know, when you have that many, um, I would imagine as a showrunner, you're like, I'll take, it. you know, <laughs> I want to hear all the ideas. Right. Um, and I, uh, you know, I had a couple of ideas, you know, good or bad. I don't know, but they were, they were viable Mm -hmm. um, for Star Trek. I was a Star Trek fan. So uh, it it was as simple as that. And then you, you get to write it up and then, you know, and then they make it.
0: It was cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. Um, And before you created 12 monkeys, I know you were working on Nikita as a writer and I guess you were the executive story editor. Um, Is that correct? I think so. I think, yeah. I think so, yeah. Travis and I both were, yeah. Um, and then you and and Travis wrote a pilot called Splinter that you guys developed into 12 Monkeys and became co-creators, co-EPs on the first season of your own show. What was the learning curve like that for, you know, for that whole process?
1: Well, I I tell you what was – Nikita was an incredible learning curve because what we got to do on Nikita was Uh go produce your episode. So You'd write it, but then you'd actually end up on set and take it through the whole process. Mm. That is key to, I think, honestly, becoming a better writer um, is – getting through the process of actually having to make the thing you wrote uh,
0: and,
1: and realizing I can't make that, but I can make this and I, this is good if I do that. Um, it, it That w- that really helped um, by the time we went into 12, 12 monkeys and getting into the pilot uh, shooting in Detroit and, and just producing it. Um, I would say that that was the most invaluable of, of, all, of all the experiences. And, and to know Writer's Room and then just to come in and be like, okay, here's the first season of a show. Um, And it's, it's uh, daunting. The first season of any show, especially when that, you know, because you, there's any, you can go down literally any path. (laughs) Um, And eventually you have to say, this is what we're going to do. And I think, you know, um, I think we did a pretty good job. uh, First season of, of getting the audience there. There's, there's things I probably would have done differently um in retrospect but i think you know it was pretty solid um i think this season i think we're i think last year was a good show i think this year is a great show i think we were we've really found the show and uh i'm super proud of what we've been able to do
0: right well that's great i mean yeah no i i thought your first season was fantastic and i know every show has to find its legs whether it's breaking bad or whether surprise i mean every show gets better as as it goes uh well shouldn't that there's always the, the jump shark moment right um
1: but, yeah or the opposite the show is brilliant the first season and then it just it kind of starts to yeah but uh but yeah no i i agree i think i think we're, we've found ourselves that's okay. great um yeah.
0: what was the, the development process like because again i had read that it, you didn't write 12 monkeys you wrote a script splinter and then you developed mm-hmm. it into 12 monkeys um, so how did you get Splinter slash 12 Monkeys made? How did that process work? Well, Atlas,
1: um, the, the company who made 12 Monkeys, had were, was interested in making it a TV show and had explored it for some time mm-hmm. uh, and to, unsuccessfully. And um, Splinter was similar in that it was a guy coming back to stop this um, Sort of outbreak disaster um, in uh, in the future, so it, it thematically lived in the same world as as Twelve Monkeys, and um, but it was much more adrenalized than than Twelve Monkeys, and really kind of. Really cooked through a lot of story in, in the first um, first episode, kind of. Mm. And so when we got there, they were like, you know, could this be Twelve Monkeys? What would it be? And, you know, we were big fans of the film, and we're like, I don't know. Twelve Monkeys is a perfect movie. But then we were like, you know, it would be. Wouldn't it be really interesting if at the end you just only heard about the army of the Twelve Monkeys? And we started to explore, be like, well, God, you never really see the future. We, you could, you, we could build out that world. We could build out this conspiracy. We could change this and change that how exciting would it be to make Brad Pitt's character a woman? Because you know, who you don't want to see another man take on that role, you know, who, who's going to be able to to do it as well as Brad Pitt, but a woman, you know, once we really started to go down that road, we were very convinced that it could be a cool show. Um, so that was, that was the process. And, um, Atlas was great. Um, we'd actually pitched it to sci-fi twice. Hmm. Um, before before they said yes, um they said no twice <laughs> um, and then um uh you know as different projects came and went, it always it was just a project that they remembered and we're like, you know, should we go back into the battlestar world, which is where kind of our show lives, and uh they yeah if we they give us a chance,
0: wow um, now you guys are the showrunners for the second season or you know the second season that's airing now um but three years ago when you were writing on uh nikita did you see yourself in this position running your own show and if so is it what you expected it would be like
1: well you hope someday um sure. for sure you hope someday um it uh yeah i mean it wasn't uh it's it's a it's a whole different experience to from from being there you know there's so many things that you know working for you know i was also on terra nova and mm-hmm. things that you know uh showrunners do that um you know just the rewriting process how they run the room and whatnot where you're like well i would never do that i would do it this way right and then you get to <laughs> when it's your moment <laughs> you in the room, you're like, oh, I know exactly why <laughs> <laughs> they did it this way. I know exactly why I was rewritten. I know exactly. So you do see it from another, another point of view. Um, it's, a, it's a really hard job. It's, I, I think it's the best job in the world. Mm-hmm. But it is, um, it, it's hard because sometimes you can't articulate the thing you want um, as well as writing it yourself. And um, you have many, many talented people uh writing uh for you that may not 100 percent get what you're going for Mm -hmm. and so when you come in and sort of like i got this i'm taking over those people could be let down that they didn't give you what you want but it's it's unfair for them to to think that because it's just that's just part of the process of being a showrunner
0: sure absolutely and being a writer on a show knowing it's the showrunner's show it's your vision it's your yeah you're the captain of the boat so um, but that's interesting to hear uh how again the lessons that you've sort of learned in terms of like things that you said you would never do as a showrunner, and then you realize sometimes why that was done, so that's kind of funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, i
1: understand it i even called i even called uh, uh Craig Silverstein and Nikita. And I was like, I, first of all, would like to apologize for writing this script this way to you. And I wanted to, uh, I think it was brilliant <laughs> that you rewrote this, because you understand. Um, you understand.
0: Yeah, it's like becoming a parent, right?
1: Yeah, now you get it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, I read somewhere that when you wrote the series Bible for 12 Monkeys, you had worked out exactly how you wanted the show to end and the series itself. Um and and the rest of it's sort of taking the ride to get there. So I guess my question is, and I'm asking for twelve monkeys fans everywhere, how is the show going to end? I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Um, but right. really, really, is it more restricting to have a specific destination that you're writing towards, uh, or it, is it super helpful it knowing is, where you're going? No, no, it's not. Um, it,
1: when we, that's not entirely true. Yeah, okay. I've heard this. I've heard this before. Um, I think Natalie Chidez said something. Uh-huh. It's not. So the answer is, I know in my head. what I want the last two scenes to be okay but there are many ways to get to those last two scenes but um it's not like this is a locked combination um that you can't um move in inside of Mm -hmm. uh so uh but I do know I do know emotionally where it needs to end with these characters um So, so yeah, so it's not, uh, you're not at all restricted. There's many things. I mean, there's things we discovered along the way in this season. There's a thing that we were like halfway through, we're like, you, we came up with an idea and we're like, oh yeah, this kicks off this. Mm -hmm. So you always want, you know, you want the ability until you hear a better idea or you've come up with a better idea um, Mm -hmm. to be able to to adjust but yeah it it is i mean certainly a time travel show you you kind of want to know where you're going
0: right (laughs) i guess it does help um on the podcast we focused on the concept of uh, writer's voice quite a bit uh mostly because a lot of reps and producers and and showrunners say they're looking for writers with a strong voice um and you've written a lot of of sci-fi and are very good at it and i assume you're a fan but that's definitely more genre than voice um Don Olmstead, EVP of uh, uh, UCP, was quoted as saying that you're a great writer and everything you want in a showrunner. He loves big ideas, writes amazing characters, and always surprises us where he takes them. Um, that's what you're known for and as part of what could be described as your voice. I guess what I want to know is how did you find your personal voice or writing style? And I'm sure it's not a one-sentence answer, but – oh you know. Boy, I think, you know, I think you write what you want to see. Mm-hmm. You write what you want to hear, you know,
1: and people people want different things. You know, I know I have a writer who writes the most wonderful, fanciful dialogue you've ever heard. Um, too much so sometimes for me, and I'm like, you got to dial it back. Mm-hmm. But he's writing what he wants to hear, and that's his that's his thing. Um, uh, so I think you just you know it's it's a it's a gut thing. It's just sort of like taste. You know, um I think um I think Aaron Sorkin, in the way that he likes his dialogue and his voice, is what he likes to see and hear, you know, so I think it just comes from it it's born of that um, whether or not you have a unique take on it is kind of up to the world, <laughs> um so I don't know, you know, but uh I think so.
0: Well, at what point did you or I mean, has it ever happened or do you just continue writing what you write uh, and let every, the world figure it out, so to speak? Um, or at some point, did you f- find your voice? Did you go, this is the way I write or do you just write and then whatever happens, happens?
1: I mean, I just write and whatever, whatever <laughs> happens, happens. <laughs> right. um, you know, it, it is uh, it, you know, it changes. Um uh, Sure. You, you know, you, you never, I I don't know anybody who's like, who's like finishes the script and be like, I only want to sound and be like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you want to be able to grow and change um, throughout. But I think there are also you know people you want to emulate and uh, rhythms that you, that you find work uh, well um, when, when, and other things that you watch. You know, uh, different different types of pieces sort of speak to you in different ways, and you know. Um you want to emulate that in some way, or it's you know, or, or or at least you know put a feeling of that in into your own work.
0: Right. Um do you ever when you're since you're writing a, a time travel show and you obviously have a fan base who's you know, the genre film uh genre series, genre film, genre material tends to have a very avid fan base how do you guys, I guess you're only in your second season, but as it continues on, it's going to get like with the Simpsons I mean, you've run 18 seasons. There's just so much material to have to keep track of. And in a time travel show, um, how do you guys deal with that? Or how do you, do you think you will deal with that?
1: It's, it's very easy. The answer is very easy. Okay. The emotional story is linear. Mm -hmm. The, 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 uh, and that's all that matters um for for the characters the The jumping around and all that stuff is is sort of um, you know the cherry on top of, right. of it all. but but it unless these characters uh, are having the right conflict, the right journey, it, it, none of it matters. Um, and the good news in the, you uh, I mean, at least I think in the very good news for me <laughs> is we have that journey mapped out. We know where we want to take these characters. Um, and it's, um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward. I really hope we get a season three because where we go is, is pretty mind blowing, um, uh, for, for fans of these characters. Uh, so, Yes, that you do uh, find time travel snafus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and but that, that stuff's kind of fun. Setting up the Easter eggs, we're like, okay, we know we're going to go to 1944, but then we're going to go to 1935. So let's set up an Easter egg. That stuff is is um, is the cake dressing, and it's, it is fun. It's it's really finding the emotional journey that makes it you know toughest.
0: Right, right, and and that's something good for for other writers to keep in mind that. Again, it's about the characters,
1: yeah, you know it is, and by the way I, it took me quite a bit uh, of time to really get that not not necessarily in twelve monkeys, but in some of the, my, my first sort of scripts is finding what makes a great character is um you know because easy to p- the plot in a weird way is the, the easy part um I mean it's not easy but <laughs> But it but it's the, the finding a character I mean you know for instance I think an, a great example is the new Star Wars movie Force awakens in which that in the first twenty minutes you meet three new characters that you're totally invested with <laughs> which is almost an impossible feat to do to to connect to three brand new Star Wars characters and you're and you like them all right uh and I think that that's a that's what it's all about. Is 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 that? So then the rest is you know you don't want to drop the ball from there, <laughs> but <laughs> it's 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 important. Right.
0: Um, as a showrunner, a lot of our listeners are aspiring writers, and what sort of advice would you have for a writer go a, a new writer going in as a sta- in, in a staffing meeting? Meeting the showrunner, what sort of advice would you give to them
1: when you meet the showrunner? Yeah, when you go into well, know their show very well, as best as you can, best you can, um, and see if you can, you know, toss out a few places to go um, that you find interesting, or and you don't necessarily always have to. Um, talk about new, new places, but where they've gone is, is about as, is also important to show that you have an understanding of what makes these characters so important. Um, talk about moments you love cause that'll, that'll dictate the taste that you have the same kind of taste. Um, if you've gotten the meeting, it typically means they liked what you wrote.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, and also, you know, it is very much, you know, uh, loosen up, I think, because showrunners are also looking at people that they have to sit in the room with for the next six months. Right. You know, and you know, if you're if you're really nervous or uncomfortable, they might make them feel really nervous and uncomfortable. And then you know, it's 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 not. Um, it, you just just be normal in, in the respect that uh, not don't be abnormal. Just be like. Just hang out, loosen up, relax. Don't worry about the job so much. Just talk about cool stuff, what you like, um, and that that really rubs off, you know. Show your enthusiasm for the kinds of stories that you like, um, and that will that will kind of get a um, kind of get a dialogue going, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what is your writing process like? Where do you like to work? And and. and...
1: Uh, well, uh it it's all over the. I mean, it could be airplanes. But <laughs> some of the best stuff I wrote this season has been on an airplane. Um, it it could be at a kitchen table. It can be anywhere. My my process is a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so you're not the writer that has to be
0: locked up in a cabin somewhere in the woods away from civilization or anything like that
1: no no I mean in TV you don't have that luxury you have to write wherever you you just have to write (laughs) you just have to get it done Um, so uh, so no I mean it sounds cool though I would like to do that (laughs) but uh, but no I mean that my process is uh, you know it changes it changes from from you know, procrastination to, I'm going to get ahead on this and write this. You just never, um, all over the place.
0: Right. Um, and I'm sure with your uh, UCP overall deal and your show running and promoting the second season of the monkeys and development, that you have plenty of free time to watch television. So I want to know in your uh, previous pre showrunner days, maybe uh, what your favorite TV shows are. Well, no,
1: I, I, I mean, I, I truly think you a uh, showrunner should watch as much television as possible. I actually. love hearing um, that. um Because, yeah, you want to see what everybody else is doing. Sure. You, you know, you want to be inspired. Uh, and, Every know, time I ask I this question,
0: TV, though, everyone's like, oh, I don't have time to watch TV because I'm making you TV. Are, I yeah, love I mean, it. I love you hearing do,
1: you do. I mean, you do run out of time, but, I, you know, I think you have to make time to shut your brain off. I mean, you know, uh, for me, uh, House of Cards, Game of Thrones... Penny Dreadful, um, are some uh, Bloodline? I really love Bloodline on uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Robot, you know these are yeah. all. Those are the shows that that I've watched recently that have you know inspired me. Homeland, um, and then you know um, Shark Tank, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah, you, you know that. Uh, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's um, yeah.
0: Um, and what show? Any show in history would you have liked to have worked on and why?
1: Well, you know, it's tough. I think Battlestar Galactica you know, the Ron Moore era mm-hmm. is is uh, outstanding. Yeah. I don't know if I want to work on it. You know, sometimes it's like it would be better. It's better for me to be the viewer than to imagine trying to jump in and write for it. Hmm. Um, so, uh, but that's when the shield, the FX, the yeah, shield. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is one of my favorites, um, but uh, I don't know if I want to would, would if I don't even know if I could. I would hope, <laughs> I'm not sure.
0: Okay, um, and they're both great shows, so I don't think you could have gone wrong either way. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, I know you've got a run, you've got network calls and all kinds of stuff going on. Um, So I do appreciate the time. But lastly, do you have any advice for aspiring screenwriters, TV writers out there, or is there anything else you'd like to share?
1: Yeah. I mean, read, read and watch and consume the things that you like. And, and that, uh, that helps. I mean, um, if you, you know, if you truly want to uh, write for television or film, then you need to, you really need to read a lot of film scripts. You need to read a lot of TV scripts and find that style, see how people get in and out of scenes. I think that's, absolutely important and I know so many people who's, who's, who start writing without doing that, without memorizing and, and truly understanding that um, how, how that's done um, I think, so I think that's kind of the most the, the, the best starting point
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with us today, Terry.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. Uh,
0: and you can follow Terry on Twitter. It's at Terry Metalis. And we'll have all the links on our site. And you know where to find us, com. And thank you all for listening.